0: sports radio 1043 the fan every saturday morning it's terry wickstrom outdoors terry takes you inside the outdoors you know hunting fishing camping it's terry wickstrom outdoors now
1: here's terry good morning this is terry wickstrom back here again in the studio i, I want to thank uh, ronnie castiglione for filling in for me last week uh, I understand we had a really good show, a lot of great information. Hopefully we can follow that up with another great show today. Um, We will be uh, covering a lot of fishing today. We're going to talk a lot of fishing, uh, a lot of fishing going on. Fishing is really heating up. It's that time of the year when uh, you should be able to go out and catch some fish. If you're not out there in June in the warm water species, uh, you're missing out on some of the very, very best fishing of the year. We're also going to be joined in the second hour by uh, editor-at-large from Field and & Stream and the editor of Trout Magazine, Kirk Dieter. Kirk's a very good friend. Uh, he travels the world fishing. We're gonna He's got a new book out. We'll be talking to him. We're going to have an Ask the Expert question during the show today, too. And you need to um, get your questions in to ask the expert. If you send us, all you do is send your outdoor question, fishing, hunting, camping, outdoor clothing, outdoor cooking, to terrywickstromoutdoors at com. And I need your question, your name, your address, and your phone number. If we answer your question on the air, you get a $25 gift card just for sending the question in. There's also information on how you enter on the Facebook page, if you didn't catch that, Terry Wicks from Outdoors on Facebook. So like us and follow us there. Let's go to the phones now. And he's starting to become a regular again on the show. He used to be on every week, but he joins us quite frequently. A Mr. From Fishful Thinker, Mr. Chad Lachance. Good morning, Chad.
0: Hey, good morning. Terry, how are you this morning?
1: You know, I'm I'm doing good. It's uh gotta get back in the back in the swing of things again. I was on the road quite a bit, but uh it's good to be back here in the studio and uh and uh getting things going. What'll even be better will be to get out on the water because the fishing is phenomenal and I wanna talk to you about some of that. But before we even get to that, Chad, you have an event coming up here in a few weeks, I believe. Tell us about that.
0: Yeah, we do, and I appreciate the opportunity, Terry. It um, it's called Fish Fest. It's our fifth annual. It's Fish Fest 2017, and uh, and basically, it's a lakeside fishing related lunch slash party uh, with all the proceeds from said event going to the Laramore County Boys and Girls Club, and uh, and it's a it's an organization that I think does a great job for for youth that need a little bit of support, maybe single families or uh, single parents, things like that. And uh, it's just a good organization, so it's our beneficiary again this year. And so what we'll do is we'll have uh, some lunch provided by Silvermine Subs, and uh, and we'll have a whole bunch of raffle prizes. And, and get this, Terry, our major raffle prize this year, our, our biggest raffle prize this year is going to be an Airhead inflatable stand up paddle board. It's about a fourteen hundred dollar package, and uh, and you can get raffle tickets for for uh, ten bucks for four of them. So you got a pretty good bet. We're capped at 2, 000, or uh, two hundred people, I should say. And it's going to be June 25th from 8 a.m. until noon at Horsetooth Reservoir at the South Bay Pavilion. Uh, Official partners this year, Peterson Toyota, uh, Larimer County Department of Natural Resources, Airhead SUP, Bullhide 4x4. We've got a whole bunch of companies involved, Silver Mines helping out. And, uh, and so we've got a bunch of companies involved. It's a great event. We raised, uh, raised a bunch of money last year, and we're really looking forward to it. People will be able to fish right there on the side of the lake. We've got prizes from Abu Garcia. We've got prizes from Shakespeare. We've got Berkeley, Camp Chef. I mean, we've got all kinds of stuff to give away. And I think pretty much everybody left with something last year. So had a great time. Really looking forward to it again this year.
1: Well, and uh, the real key, too, is they're going to leave with a lot of knowledge.
0: Well, yeah, that's it, and that's really what the whole thing got started as is, uh, you know, Dan Swanson is a is, is, is good friend, mutual friend of ours, a guide here at Fishful Thinker as well, one of the top resources for, for Lorentz Electronics in the entire country. Uh, he'll be on hand and doing a, a sonar presentation with a working unit on a table right there, so you'll be able to do demo stuff, and he can show you how to work, uh, work your sonar GPS. We'll be doing knot-tying. Uh, so, you know, get people through the knots. There's a lot of knots out there. You and I have talked about that a lot in the past. Different kinds of line, different kinds of knots. And we'll, uh, we'll teach people about those. We'll be doing casting with both conventional and fly casting. So people can try that. And then we already mentioned the, the, uh, stand up paddle boards, but we'll have, I think it's going to look like somewhere between four and eight of them on hand. Uh, all airhead inflatable paddle boards that people can get on and try right there at the lake, right in front of, front of the pavilion. Last year we had a guy landed a five pound rainbow right there from the from the campsite where we're right there from the pavilion where we're hosting our event. So you know fishing should be good. All the kids pounded them, and uh, and you can get your knowledge, get your fish on, have a sandwich, and it's all for a good cause.
1: And the date again?
0: That's June twenty fifth from eight in the morning until noon. And if folks want to. Sign up for it. We do. We do need pre-registration so we know uh, how much people are going to get there. You can buy lunch or raffle tickets at fishbowlthinker.com. Also, if you follow our social media, all of it is at social or fishbowlthinker, I should say. Uh, we'll be posting the specific prizes oh every every day or so over the next two weeks while we head into the event, and uh, people can check out what all they can win. But we've got some great stuff. We got thousands of dollars in prizes this year to give out. I'm really excited about it.
1: All right. Of course, in addition to this event, you have the guide service, and your guys are out on the. Water. And I know Ronnie's going to update us later in the hour on a bunch of fishing, and Dan comes on regularly. And, of course, you do Fishful Thinker TV. You've been out doing some filming, I understand. What have you been finding on the water?
0: Man, oh, man, you alluded to it in the beginning, Terry. Fishing's been fantastic. We've been catching a lot of fish. It doesn't mean that they're necessarily easy to catch all the time, uh But it does mean that it's a very consistent bite, and if you're not catching them, do something else because they are there, they are biting, and and when I say day, it's literally just about eating species you want to catch. So I was out on Boyd Lake uh actually the last three days in a row, believe it or not that's a lot of time on boyd lake but uh but we've done well on bass, we caught good numbers of walleye yesterday, which was uh which was kind of interesting, not a lot of giants, but some perfect eaten size ones and uh and it's been fishing really well Boyd Lake is i know the the walleye guys are fishing both deep and shallow uh we caught our fish in a couple of feet of water at the most uh so they were uh they were very very shallow the ones we caught yesterday but horse tooth reservoirs fishing fantastic uh you know i've caught fish in, in the last two weeks from 20 feet down on jigs to the surface and everywhere in between it really is just a matter of get around something that that cover that gives you some confidence and fish you know some of them are around the, the bushes and trees some of them are around the rocks some of them are on the main lake they're kind of scattered all over the place so it's a matter of really kind of putting chilling motor down and getting after it and if you're a bank angler right now uh you can walk any of the coves and catch fish just take a little popper or something like that and uh and you'll get after it a three inch power tube will get, will get murdered as well so it's uh fishing's really good at horse teeth right now too
1: yeah, and the bass, are you seeing some, pre- I know there's a ton of small bass in there, but there's some pretty nice bass in there now, too.
0: Absolutely, and uh, we've our, our, our average size has come up quite a bit. You know, it used to be if you caught a three-pounder, you were doing something. Uh, these days, if you catch a three-pounder, you're doing pretty good, but it's, you know, they're definitely bigger than that. I've got a mutual friend of ours, uh, Jeff Colwell. Uh, Front Range Guide Service, he's been out here some. He caught a four and three quarter pounder, almost five pounder. And, uh, and so that's a big old smallmouth for Horsetooth Reservoir. They're not, obviously, the fat part of the bell curve. They're they're at the high end of that the bell curve, but they're definitely here. And if you're catching tons and tons of little fish, just, just either work a bigger bait on the surface or a smaller bait deeper, one or the other. And that's generally the way to pick up one of the bigger ones.
1: All right. What have you heard, Al, uh, What else around the state? Have you heard much? Have you been out to any other places?
0: Yeah, I have been out. You know, I, we, the last weekend was free fishing weekend, so I was out banging around a little bit just to see who was doing what. And I went to a place, uh, I went to St. Brain State Park, never been there before. Uh, looked at the water. It was crystal clear. Weed beds were coming up. That, to me, screamed topwater bait. I got a little popper out and started throwing around. And and with, we we filmed for Channel 9 News. We filmed for about 20 minutes. I think I caught about 15 bass, tops by one, pushing four pounds. Uh, I mean, it was just really, really fun there at St. Brain. All the ponds around town are doing well. I know that for sure. Um, and it's really a great time to throw a topwater, which, you know, and I don't have to convince most people to try to throw a popper. You don't ever snag it. It, it's very visual it's a fun way to fish and uh and so all the ponds around town are doing really well most of the rivers are still running high and muddy um you know that's okay if you're a spin fishing guy it might be a little tougher for a fly guy but the fly guy if you are going to go out and, and hit some of the rivers right now it's certainly be streamers for me i i did uh 20 miles of the north platte river last week and uh and we just slaughtered them on streamers even though there wasn't but about oh six inches of visibility in the water
1: Although the flows are a little more controlled, there were they really pretty pretty heavy.
0: Um, they were heavy for that. I think it was. I think they told me it was flowing at four thousand cfs. So it had a fair bit of water coming down it, and um, and your it's real fast. You know the boat. You can't stop a boat. We were floating in a drift boat. You can't stop it in that kind of current. So it just rips down the river, and uh, and you just got to make accurate casts right on the bank, and you get you know if, if there was a fish there, you you jerk your streamer once or twice off the bank, and if it didn't get bit, you just pick it up and slap it down in the next spot, and uh, it's real efficient. You make like a thousand casts per mile doing that, but uh, but it works out really good. And in every few minutes, a uh, you know a nice brown or rainbow will jump on that streamer. So it's uh, it's really fun. And if you're spin fishing in the river right now. If it's legal, it's very hard to beat a gold minnow in a, in a bright color, a chartreuse over white, something like that, uh, in the muddy water. And uh, if it's not legal as far as the scented stuff goes, then I'd get a big Johnson black marabou jig and get after him with that. That's a real good call. And, of course, a variety of hard plugs will get bit as well. A little flicker shad in the B poles is a good call. But uh, definitely the the rivers being muddy like they are, you need a bait that's going to help them locate the bait. They're they're willing to bite. They just got to find what it is you're throwing. And uh, and in the muddy water with lots of turbulence, it's sometimes hard for them to locate it. So just give them some way to locate it, and they'll bite it.
1: Yeah, you've got a. Kind of find the fish in, in these conditions or or help the fish find the lure. But they do eat. One of the things I like to recommend when people are fishing the rivers this time of the year is leave your waders at home. Don't be tempted to step out in that water because it's more powerful than you think, and it can happen so quickly.
0: Yeah, absolutely. June's the biggest month for uh, for uh river accidents in Colorado because of exactly what you're saying. So that's another advantage, in my opinion, of, of a spinning rod in the river for this time of year is that I can stand on the bank, and I can probably cover the opposite bank, which is something that I key on a lot. And it's because we know the fish are on the banks. Uh, with the water running high, and so sometimes it's difficult to get the ones that are on the bank that you are standing on, but it's easy to pick the ones off there on the opposite bank. So, you know, I set up the spinning rod with some with some four or six pound nanofill on it, make long bombs across the river, and uh, and that's a good way to catch a lot of fish right now. But I agree, I'm not I'm not much for wading out when the river's river's crazy. You know, if if you can't even stop a drip boat in it, I don't need to be wading in it.
1: No, you're absolutely right. In fact, Kirk Dieter and I are going to talk about some of the options for fishing during the runoff a little uh, later on the second hour and no one probably knows more about it than he does he's written a few books on fly fishing he's the editor of trout magazine i'm sure you know kirk he's just a great tremendous yeah, resource
0: known him for years trem- yep, great tre-
1: guy. tremendous resource um you know chad what about any of the mountain lakes or the cool water lakes have you heard anything there
0: I all secondhand information, Terry, and you know I'm always a little bit skeptical about that because I haven't personally been to the High Mountain Lakes yet this year, but the, the information I'm hearing back in the photos that I'm seeing is absolutely beautiful. I know a bunch of the cutties are, are starting to color up real good. So, I mean, you, there's, and I think you'll agree with me, there's probably no prettier fish than a cutthroat trout in spawning colors. And, uh, and that's starting to happen a lot. So places, uh, like, uh, State Forest State Park coming around really good as far as the lakes go up in there, the Ranger Lakes or Zimmerman or Agnes, uh, you know, getting up in some of those areas. I would fully expect snow on the trails in a lot of those places. Uh, but I also know that the fish are coming around. And as you know, those fish, as soon as, as soon as there's an opportunity to eat, they do it because they spend so much time under ice. And so uh, they feed really good. Uh, typically, that's going to be a fly fishing deal. Those fish have lots of lots of visual uh, opportunity. They get a chance to see your stuff really well. And so, typically, that's done best with flies. But uh, you can get them with some, with light tip spinning tackle as well.
1: Now, back to the warm water species. Before I let you go, one of the things I want to touch on this time of the year, and we've gone through the spring. And the spawn for most of the warm water species is finishing up. If it's not finished on some of the cooler lakes, it's about to. These fish are settling into their summer patterns. The bait fish are starting to hatch. So there will be a more proliferation of bait here as we get into the end of June. The fishing will change. But this time of the year, these fish get into these summer patterns. And it's not like spring where it's changing almost weekly, is it?
0: No, it's definitely getting more stable. At this time of year, I expect to catch them every time, and I expect to catch them pretty good. You know, in the spring, you go out there, maybe a little bit of trepidation uh, because there's so many variables in play. But right now, I mean, Boyd Lake, for instance, water temperature is right at 70 degrees. Well, that's pretty much, you know, 70, 71 degrees. That's prime time for largemouth bass. So you know they're metabolizing. Uh, you know, they're comfortable and they're happy. So it's a matter of, of just getting them, you know, get finding where they are and getting something to catch them with. It's not a matter of a major cold front's going to shut them down or, you know, the water levels have stabilized a little bit. Boys, it's just about flood stage. Horseshoes is also just about flood stage. Um, you know, when the, fish are, when the water's high and stable and the fish are got a good temperature range that they like and the bait fish are coming around, it's real consistent. The big thing to keep in mind now is to, to fish in an open mind, because if you're not catching them, change something. In the span of a few minutes, another mutual friend of ours, Troy Coburn, you know, he's got the five-minute rule. If I haven't caught something in five minutes, something's changing. And I agree with that, because the reality is right now they're feeding and they're, they're out and about. So if you're not catching them, you need to, need to change something until you find what they like.
1: All right, sir. We've got to let you go one more time, tell them when your f- Fish Fest is.
0: June 25th, 8 a.m. to noon. That's Sunday. They can get information at fishbowlthinker.com, and I really hope some folks will shine up. It's a good cause. We'll have a great time there. Lots of information, lots of angling, and uh, bring your kids.
1: All right. Thanks, Chad, and we will talk to you again very soon.
0: All right. Thanks very much, Terry.
1: You bet, Chad Lachance. We're going to... Uh, When we come back from a break, we're going to take you to Bar Lake, where there's some really great stuff going on, and we've got so much coming up yet today. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Sportsman's Warehouse, America's premier outfitter. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Honey Smoked Fish Company's Honey Smoked Salmon. The secret is in the fire. Let's go right to the phones, and joining us, One of our favorite people from state parks, Michelle Siebert. Good morning, Michelle.
2: Good morning, Terry. How are you today?
1: I'm doing great. And I know you've got uh, some events coming up we want to talk about, and we'll get to those in a minute. But I understand the fishing has been phenomenal out there.
2: It's been great. If you're looking to catch a walleye or a wiper, this is the place you want to be.
1: Well, in fact, um, Colorado Clays did an event out there. Was it last weekend, I believe, right?
2: Yeah, last Sunday and there there is 23 teams, and a total, there was 108 walleye caught.
1: Wow, and, and it's, you know, it's an underutilized resource for walleye fishing because you have a 10-horsepower limit, and a lot of people think they can't put their big boats on there, but you can put your big boat on there. You just either need to use a kicker motor or use your electric, right?
2: That's true. Yeah, if you have a big motor, just don't use it um, and have a trolling motor, and you can go out on the lake.
1: And it's also, it's, I understand it's been fishing well from shore, too.
2: It has. Um, from shore, they've been catching some trout and even some wiper from shore. So it's been a great time to be out in a boat. And we also have paddleboard rentals on Saturdays, so you can come out and try a paddleboard.
1: Well, and, and get out on a – what a great place to fish. I want to take my kayak out there.
2: Yeah, it's a great place to do that just because you don't have the big boats that come out here. So if you're in a canoe, a kayak, a paddleboard, it's a, it's a great place to be.
1: It really is. And tell people where it's located and describe it briefly, Bar Lake.
2: So we're just in Brighton, Colorado. We're 25 minutes east of downtown Denver. So we're just a quick day trip, and you can come out to Bar Lake, and we have lots to do out here. We have an archery range with a standing range from 10 to 100 yards. We have a 3D range. We have a wonderful new nature center that just got renovated and opened up. We have a trail that goes all the way around the lake. It's 8.8 miles all the way around. And then we have picnic areas. We have um, we're known for our birding, so we have over 371 di- different bird species that have been sighted here, and nesting bald eagles.
1: Yeah. Oh, and it's it's fantastic. Now it's a day use park, right?
2: It is. It's just a day use park. We have no camping, but there's lots of things to come do.
1: Oh, and it's so close. It's it's a half hour, 20 minutes from downtown Denver, right? and and you just you go right by it on 76, or you take Tower Road North, and you virtually run right into it. Yes. And it's easy to find. Now tell us about these events you've got coming up.
2: A group that's called the friends of bar lake and they're a nonprofit, their own 501c3 that supports all our education and recreation activities at the park and they're having two fundraisers the first one is on july 29th and it's a drive-in movie for kids so kids get to bring their own cardboard box decorate like a car and then sit out under the stars and we're going to be showing angry birds and it's just a dollar donation per person to the friends of Bar lake and then our next fundraiser is a concert on the prairie And that's on August 19th, and Colorado Southern, which is a local band, will be playing that night. So just some great events to get outside, enjoy being outside, and support the Friends of Bar Lake.
1: Oh, and awesome. And what do the Friends of Bar Lake do for your facility?
2: So the Friends of Bar Lake, they help support different activities, whether it's all our kids' camps, hunting, fishing. They buy supplies. Recently, they um, supported getting a new uh, shuttle that will take people out um, to see the wildlife refuge and it's handicap accessible Um, so we can get two wheelchairs on there so they just are are buying things that we don't have the funding for and it's all about you know getting um, families adults and kids outside
1: all right very good one thing we should touch on since you're talking funding too and of course funding bill will come up into the legislature again next year but because we had some reduced funding you've had to reduce some of your hours for boat launch tell us that
2: So the boat ramp itself is closed Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesdays. You can hand launch, um, but otherwise it's closed. But then Thursday through Sunday, we do have inspectors on from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m.
1: Okay, and you're going to do something special on the 4th of July, I think, because of the holiday.
2: We are. So the 4th of July falls on a, a Tuesday. So we are going to have the boat ramp open on Monday the 3rd and Tuesday the 4th so that everybody can get out and enjoy their holiday.
1: Sounds great, Michelle. If they want to get more information, is it on the website?
2: It is. All our programs are on their website, and then they can also like our Facebook page. We post everything there. One
1: other quick thing, as far as the walleye fishing, I, do you have a size limit there?
2: Yes, they have to be at least 15 inches, and one can only be over 21 inches.
1: And, you know, those 15 to 18 that a lot of people can't keep at some of the more po- popular walleye lakes in the state, Um are really good eating that'd be a great place to get a couple for the pan wouldn't
2: it you would it's been pretty good out here
1: all right thank you michelle thank you for joining us as always
2: all right have a great day
1: that's michelle siebert from bar lake state park such a such a great great resource um it's just tremendous out there and uh, we want to go right back to the phones now and joining us from adventure camper is ray reeves good morning ray
3: Hi Terry, how are you on this beautiful Saturday morning?
1: I tell you these are the days that make it hard to be in the studio on Saturday. I mean, it's it I mean I I I fully am grateful I get to do what I do and be part of the outdoor industry, but boy when you see these sunny days and and you know everybody's headed to the lake or headed to the campgrounds or all that, it gets a little difficult sometimes and I know probably from you, too, you know, one of the things I always tell people, if you really love doing something, be cautious about getting in the industry.
3: (laughs) That's right. That's right. Well said.
1: Um, Tell people, you know, you guys are a new partner to the show. Real quick, tell people a little bit about Adventure Camper.
3: Uh we're a small family-owned RV dealership. We do both sales and rentals of uh travel trailers and pop-up tent trailers. Uh we're located down in Southeast Metro Denver. We're near the intersection of Arapahoe Road and Jordan Road. Um so yeah, that's that's a little bit about us. We've been around for about 21 years and uh we're here to help people go camping.
1: And you both rent and uh sell uh RVs. Now, yeah. um I know you've got a sale going on. You and I talked during the week on some of your larger um, – when people buy a large trailer, is is it difficult? Do they really – do people make mistakes as far as floor plan, or how, how do they? How do you help people decide when they're investing that much in a large? Well, trailer? that's
3: that's right. We we really try to sit down with people and, and ask a lot of questions to understand what kind of camping they like to do, and where they go, and how long they go, and are they backcountry, or are they at you know state park campgrounds, so on and so forth. So we we spend a lot of time uh, really before you even show you a trailer to make sure that we're showing you something that you're interested in and fits your budget.
1: Are, what are some of the mistakes I think that people make? Do they have a misconception of how they'll actually use it when they get out there?
3: Yeah, That's a big one. Uh, you know, you, again, the, the type of camping you do makes a big difference. So we've got off-road trailers that are really designed for off-road backcountry use. And we've got uh, other larger trailers that are that are typically designed for county maintained gravel roads, and and so the type of camping you do makes a big difference, and and we can help you make those those decisions and get you the right product for you.
1: Now you told me you've got some super deals on some large trailers going on. Is that right?
3: Yeah, we carry a line called Sonoma, which is a great line of of beautiful trailers. They really make some gorgeous uh, floor plans. Um, they're well suited for Colorado. They've got uh, two inch thick walls, foil wrapped insulation. They've got enclosed underbellies. They're they're great for extended season camping, in particular. And if uh, summer's upon us, you know if you're if you're looking for that last minute trailer to get going and do some camping, as your previous guest mentioned, um, we can really help you with some great deals on some beautiful trailers right now.
1: You bet. Tell them again how they find you, Ray.
3: Uh, we're near Advent. We're near Arapahoe Road and Jordan Road, southeast Metro Denver. Our website is www.adventurecamper.com
1: and you rent and sell you've been in business for a long time and you're just family-owned you really take care of people proud to have you on board with us
3: thanks terry appreciate it you have bet
1: we'll, we'll talk to you next week that's ray ray reeves from adventure camper great people just a great organization we're glad to have an rv partner i think it's such an important part of the outdoors um terry wickstrom outdoors is brought to you in part by honey smoke Fish Company's Honey Smoked Salmon, the secret is in the fire. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Sun Power Sports. Sun is Colorado's largest ATV and motorcycle dealer. you find him at 88th and Washington. Let's go right to the phones now. And joining us from Colorado Parks and Wildlife, from the uh, Rifle Falls Hatchery, we have uh Desiree Powell. Good morning, Desiree.
4: Good morning, Terry.
1: Is it uh is it beautiful over in your part of the state too?
4: Yep, not a cloud in the sky right now.
1: Oh, uh, just these are the days we live in Colorado for, aren't they? They are. Now, you you're with the hatchery system and at your hatchery they raise trout. How important how important is that hatchery system to the fishing in Colorado? I think it's incredibly important.
4: Yes, I, I think that is incredibly important too, Terry. We have um seventeen hatches in the state, but at Rifle we're the largest cold water trout hatchery in the state. And we do about four to five million rainbow trout a year. And that's subcatchable and catchable.
1: And you know, you people stop and think. They well, wouldn't the trout exist? You know, and I grew up in. Well, my wife says I got older that I never grew up, but I got. I, I'm from Northern Minnesota, and, and we had a lot of panfish there. And we have panfish in Colorado, especially on our plains. But the stock trout, um, and I like catching them. I think everybody loves catching them. But they provide that kind of niche that the crappies and the big bluegills and the big perch provided throughout the, the Midwest where beginning fishermen don't need a lot of equipment and, and high skill levels to enjoy some success. You can take their put and take cause you raise them for people to harvest. So you get that experience of taking some home and, and putting them in a pan and, and having that whole experience. And then the subcatchables are allowed to grow and develop and have more of a wild flair to them. And you support, a lot of our river systems and other places that that wouldn't necessarily provide great fishing without that support, would they?
4: Nope. And the uh, subtext also help support both fish to get larger, so they also are a food source for the large fish.
1: They really are, and they're just—they're just a tremendous. Well, you know, even and in some of our lakes, the bigger trout become a food source for the pike. Everything's got something bigger that's trying to eat it, right? And they uh-huh. and, and and it's a cycle. And people say, "Oh, that seems like a waste," but no, it isn't because it promotes getting bigger fish and trophy fish. You know, I'm going to take a, a little turn here. We had a—we do a thing on the show called "Ask the Expert," where people can send in their questions to. Um, to uh, to, they send them to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on gmail.com and we answer them on the air. And if they answer them on the air, we give them a 25 dollars gift card from uh, Bass Pro, um, from uh, Sportsman's Warehouse.
2: Oh, and, cool.
1: and one of the um, one of the questions we got recently was from Zach in Denver. And Zach asked specifically about our Vata reservoir because he saw it had been stocked two or three times recently and kind of wondered why. But instead of getting just specific, how do you guys determine, you know, like you've got you've got x number of catchable fish? How do you determine how many and where you put those fish as you go through the season?
4: Well, they've determined that that almost two years ago. We hope because we have to have the fish on board to produce what fish are going to be going out in the future, right? Um, so it's a cooperation between the game warden, the biologists, and researchers. And then they give us our merchant orders of where they need to go because they've already researched the stocking pressure. And we try to stop right before the holidays when the people are out there recreating. I mean, that's what it's all about, right?
1: Right. You want them to catch them. And people realize that these fish are put there, the catchables are put there are meant to be caught. Right. I mean, they're, they want
4: you want them to harvest those. Exactly. And then we'll bring more fish back. So... There's people always monitoring what's going on at a particular body of water. And we'll put fish in, and then we will come back and we will restock. That's why we're raising the fish up. So that also helps the populations that are doing good on their own because there's other things for people to catch.
1: All right, and so when you look at a lake, I imagine you look at things like, you mentioned fishing pressure. So you kind of get an idea of how quickly those fish will get harvested. So you want to replenish them And still keep a a reliable fishery there, right? Exactly. And then I imagine some of them, it depends on water temperature. Like some of our higher lakes don't even open up, aren't even iced off yet. Some of the real high ones, most of the lower ones are. But some of our prairie lakes, I know you stock trout in, but you don't stock a lot as we get into like August because the water gets a little warm. Is that
4: right? That's correct. Because. The fish can't do as well unless it's a really deep lake, and they can get down to where the water's cold. Trout typically like to be in water below 70 degrees.
1: And is that kind of the barometer you use, that if the water's going to get above 70 degrees, if, or if there isn't cold water sanctuary of enough depth that maybe you hold off stocking till fall or stock them earlier in the spring for catching? Is that, is that, is that kind of going to the formula?
4: Yep, that goes into the formula. Another thing that'll happen in Colorado lakes—I'm sure it happens in all bodies of water—when the water temperature rises, the pH also rises. So the fish like it to be water flavor. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, so and so when you're stocking, especially catchable trout, you're trying to you're trying to put them in lakes that to match what the pressure is so you kind of monitor those lakes on an ongoing basis get creel samples how many fish are caught there how many do you need to keep replenishing and then how well will the trout do over given given season is that a pretty good recap
4: that's a pretty good recap and actually there's a biologist out there and you can get local members off of the website the cpw.state.co.us and get the stocking report of lakes that we do um on that website, and the biologists are recording all that, along with the game orgs, and then they just send us what to do because we're at the fish hatchery raising the fish, and there's a lot that goes into that as well.
1: Yeah, and how long does it take you to raise a trout to catchable size?
4: It takes about, we can raise a trout in our water at Rifle Falls because it's all spring fed and it's 55 degrees. It takes about 10 months to get a 10-inch fish from an egg.
1: And do you stage those? You're not raising them all at the same time, so you have fish coming to catchable size at different times of the year. Are you able to do that, or isn't that doesn't that work?
4: Nope, that is correct. We try to stage them, and we get, so when we get the eggs in, obviously we have requests for certain sizes throughout the year, and so we'll try to get the eggs in, and the hatcheries that do the brood fish and, and Send us the eggs, they can manipulate when
2: we're requesting
4: them. And at Rifle Falls, we are just a production hatchery. So we get eggs and we raise them into larger fish. Depending on if it's a three inch fish or a 10 inch fish, we get the eggs accordingly to how long it will take us to raise them and then they're ready to go. So we have to all, know all of that.
1: All right. Well, that's in advance. A lot of great information, Desiree. I want to thank you and thank the Colorado Parks and Wildlife for the hatchery system because it sure provides a lot of great recreational fishing.
4: Yes, and thank you, Terry, for everything you do. And remember, the hatchery system, our missions, you're fishing.
1: Oh, that's great. I like that. Your mission's are fishing. That's fantastic. Thank you, Desiree. It's Desiree Paul. You know, I want to make a couple comments about the hatchery system myself, too. And, you know, you'll get pros and cons about whether water should be stocked. But getting people into the outdoors, you know, is very important to me. And the, these stock fishing, these stock trout are such a resource to get people started fishing. And you can take them to the shoreline. A lot of even small ponds and lakes are stocked. And if you want to know where they're stocking, she mentioned the stocking report. And we post the fishing report every week. In fact, it's up right now on my Facebook page, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook. So we want you to go there, and and they want you to know where they're stocking this fish. They're not trying to secretly put them in. They're putting them in for you to catch and harvest so you can have some fun. And there's a lot of ways to catch these trout. You know, Berkeley's power bait, the uh, paste bait, the dough bait, is just fantastic for catching these stock trout. It It draws them in from the scent. They love to eat it. Great way to catch it. And so are a lot of small lures like spinners and small spoons and even little small jerk baits and jigs with uh tipped with little curly tails or maybe a gulp minnow are just fantastic to catch these trout. And they're a great way for beginning fishermen to get excited about catching fish, gain some confidence and get some basic skills and then move on to other fish too and expand their horizons. But especially for kids, it gets them outdoors. And you know how their attention span is they 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 sometimes uh they sometimes if they're not catching a fish they're going to be going off and playing. that's okay, but then they see you catch one, and all of a sudden they're excited and they're back and they're holding the rod and By the way, that question that Desiree helped us answer about how they decide where to stock. That was sent in by Zach from Denver, and Zach gets a $25 gift card from Sportsman's Warehouse just for sending that in. We really want your questions on our Ask the Expert. We want to do an Ask the Expert virtually every week, and so we need questions. Send your questions to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on gmail.com. We need your question. And then we need your name, address, and phone number because they need to get a hold of you to get you the gift card. They'll mail it to you, but they have to contact you before they put it in the mail. So they'll do that. And, you know, it helps us with the show and programming too because it allows us to find out what's going on. We can't answer every question on the air, but if we get five or six similar questions, we know that that's a topic we should devote some coverage to, maybe even beyond the Ask the Expert. So it helps us with programming. We really want this show to be about what you want from the outdoors. So send your outdoor questions, whether they're fishing, hunting, camping, outdoor cooking, outdoor clothing. Send them to terrywickstromoutdoors at com or go to terrywickstromoutdoors on Facebook and scroll down. There's a post on how you do it right there. And we'll, maybe we'll get your question on the air and get you a, a gift certificate. You should follow us on uh, on Facebook anyway. But um, just remember, you could get that uh, $25 gift card from Sportsman's Warehouse. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Sportsman's Warehouse, America's premier outfitter. Terry, Wickstr- Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Sportsman's Warehouse, America's premier outfitter. It's time now for Terry's Tackle Tip of the Week. All right, it is time for our Tackle Tip of the Week. And if you follow our Facebook page, uh, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook, you've seen pictures of this. You saw me uh, back in Minnesota a couple weeks ago and had some really large bluegills that my partner Greg Claujo and I brought into the boat. And we purposely went out to an area that we knew was known for big bluegills, and we took some live bait with us, and we took some gulp one-inch pinch nightcrawlers. They come in a little bag, 14 count, and there's uh, they're just uh, they're an inch long. They look so real in the bag, you think you think it's a piece of nightcrawler in there. They look so realistic, it's unbelievable. We wanted to test those fishing for big bluegills. So we we went out and we first uh, located the fish and purposely fished with the live bait, knowing that we wanted to see how it was going to compare, how the bite was, if there was any difference. And we, we'd know if we weren't getting them on live bait, I guess we felt that probably they weren't biting or they weren't there. So we went... And we found some big bluegills, and we were catching them on a semi-regular basis, some pretty nice fish. We caught a bunch of them. We had to move around a little bit. We had to change started with a slip bobber, and then we had to change the presentation to a little 32-ounce jig that we were actually casting with a little piece of nightcrawler crawler on it. Once we were confident that we could catch fish and we knew the different types of methods we were catching them, we switched over to the gulp pinched nightcrawler. And that's a one inch long. It looks like a piece of nightcrawler you've just pinched off. It's about an inch, inch and a half long. It looks exactly like that. Now you can rig it on a hook. I'll do that sometimes below a bobber. But we kept them rigged on little 32nd ounce jigs. So we began casting those jigs. Now we could cast more efficiently because the... The nightcrawler, the live bait, would rip off the little jig a lot of times because to cast a thirty-six, thirty-second ounce jig, you have to give it a little bit of whip to get it out there. These didn't, these didn't rip off. They stayed on. And every time you caught a fish with the nightcrawler, the live bait, you almost always had to replace the nightcrawler because they would destroy the live bait. These, you could catch maybe six, eight fish before it got chewed up, and then you could put another one on. So a bag of 14 lasted us the rest of the day, uh, it was fantastic. We got as many if not more bites on that gulp pinched crawler than we did on the live bait. In fact, once we switched uh, we went we went back to the live bait a couple times and we actually had a period of time where the live bait wasn't getting bit and the pinched Crawler was getting bit now you hear me talk about the Berk- the Berkeley gulp baits a lot, and I use them a lot because I believe in them. also, I use their power bait in a lot of situations. but gulp is uh, unique in the fact that it it's, the scent is so impregnated into it, the taste it 's got such intensive flavor, and it it just when p- fish do bite, they hang on so a piece of a night crawler on a jig doesn 't look necessarily like anything that bluegills eat otherwise. You've got to make it look a little bit alive, especially if you're if breaking, breaking a piece off. And it, But it has scent and flavor that attracts them. And they'll come and check it out. Now, we fished the gulp below the bobber, too, wondering if we didn't have the action that we have to put, that uh, we were putting on with the jig, if they would bite it. And we were every bit as successful with the little um, pieces of gulp uh, nightcrawler Fishing uh, below a bobber and not giving it the action. Now the waves are going to give it a little action. It was a pretty calm day, but you'll always get a little bit of wave action. And putting it below the bobber allowed us to cast it into pockets in the weeds. Once again, we could pull it back out of those weed pockets and not have it rip off the hook like a live night crawler would. I virtually don't take any live bait with me unless I'm testing it or I know there's a unique situation going on where I just think that it's the key for the day. Now live bait works, don't get me wrong, and there's obvious places for it and I and I use it when it's the right call. But I can have the Berkeley pinched one inch night crawler in my tackle box all the time. And I don't know how many times I've been on a trip where maybe my initial species, I was going after bass and they weren't biting, but I knew the lake had big bluegills in it or it had um, some other species. Maybe, I, I think these would work great for trout too. I really do. I think you could fish them the same way for trout and have great success. Um, I've got these with me. I don't have to wait. Well, I don't have any bait with me. I don't have the right presentation. I carry an assortment of the Berkeley Gulp in my tackle box all the time just for these situations. And after this test, I'll tell you that we will be. this will be part of my um, my repertoire that will be in my tackle box all the time, a couple bags of these. And I'm going to use it at all the ponds around here, and I know they're going to be extremely, extremely successful. I, I, if Sportsman's Warehouse doesn't carry them, go and ask them. Say, could you get those in because these are fantastic. And go to Berkeley's website, and you can check them out. And it'd be just a, it's just one of those offerings that's so easy to fish that you need to add it to, you know, for this, I'm sure they're going to be about $5 a bag, but you get 14 of them in there and they're just, just fantastic. I am really, really sold. Go to my Facebook page, Terry Wicks from Outdoors, scroll down, we'll put this tackle talk up there, but if you scroll down, you'll see the pictures with the, um, you'll see the pictures with with this bait and with the bluegills we caught on them, and you'll be impressed. So that's our Tackle Talk for today. Terry Wicks from Outdoors is brought to you in part by Sun Power Sports, Colorado's largest ATV and motorcycle dealer.